there, terrible warriors. Welcome back to another Meet the Makers. A moment where we get to take it aside and meet people who make the games that we love to play. And today is an interesting setup because Banana-chan, who has been on Terrible Warriors in the past, we talked to them about, well, we met them at Breakout. I don't think we were talking about a specific game at the time, but we were talking about just curry in a game and, and all the stuff that they were making. And they were throwing some ideas that were just germinating at the time that would one day turn into the Zhangxi Blood at the Banquet Hall game that is sitting on my kitchen table right now, appropriately enough, uh, not being played because I can't have people over because we're still kind of in a lockdown. But at one point, you'll be listening to this and we will not be in these times. We will, we will refer to these times as the, the other before times and, and that'll be past. We'll be playing games again in person. Anyways, uh, Banana Chan tweeted out a week ago, hey, I've got these friends who are making this game and would anyone like to talk to them about it because it's really interesting. And I had a look at it and it looked really interesting and it had some really cool ways that they were and I went, yeah, I'll do a Meet the Makers. In fact, it'll be the first Meet the Makers of 2022 because we kind of took a break over the holiday and now we're getting back on track. And that's it. That's how this has got set up. We've just met. It's like a blind date almost. Banana Chan has set us up. We've all met for the first time. We just said hi like seconds ago. I just wrote their names down on a paper and we're going into this. And so this is just like when I met Banana Chan at a convention and we're just meeting cold and putting a microphone in each other's faces and saying hi. And I, I love this because uh, I already know that I'm going to be into this game, but I also get to have it. Uh, for lack of a better term, pitched at me at the same time as you get to listen to it. So we're all going to learn about this in real time. This game is going to be coming out in Kickstarter uh, in March-ish time. The time that we're talking, the date has not been exactly finalized, but check the show notes because I'll be making sure that the show notes are more up to date than my current vocalizations are. All right. That's it. That was very fast. Three minutes in, I'm going to slow things down. We're going to chill out a bit because we got to get ready. We got to pack our bags. We're going back to the school that we grew up in. And this is going to be a weird, interesting time. Welcome to Terrible Warriors, Amanda and Austin. Hello. Howdy. Hey, thanks for having us. I'm the Austin. You're the Austin. I'm the Amanda. And you're the Amanda. (laughs) And we are talking about Dimos Academy today. And before we get right into what Diamos Academy is, I, I've had like the, the, the elevator pitch blurb uh, read to me, and I, and I really want to learn more about it. I also want to know about Amanda and Austin. Uh, who, who would like to go first? I always like to know with Meet the Makers. I like to meet. I like to feel like we have met each other. What is it about? Because obviously we all like tabletop role-playing games, or we wouldn't be here, but Also, making tabletop role-playing games is sometimes almost a masochistic love affair (laughs) with with, uh, an industry that doesn't always recognize the work that goes into making these games and how difficult they are. So I'd love to know what is it about this collaborative storytelling and this genre of gaming in particular that, that hooked you in? What is it that has made you a maker of these games? Austin is doing nose goes. <laughs> Which is perfect for this audio medium. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. I guess I'll go first. Uh, hi, I'm Amanda. I, I'm 
primarily the artist for this project. Um, although we all worked together, me and Austin and Banana, we all worked together on like development and play testing and everything. Um, but my primary role is as the artist. So I've done all of the visual assets for the game. And that's mostly what I do in tabletop role-playing games and just tabletop gaming in general is I'm a freelance artist. I work for a lot of different companies creating art assets for games and supplements and that sort of thing. Um, and it kind of started by accident where when I was in art school, the only like extracurricular, like fun thing that I did was I was in the gaming club. And so that's where I made all of my friends. And then a lot of the people who were in that went on to work for like that were in that club went on to work for different tabletop gaming companies and so when I was when I finally graduated and was like okay now I'm gonna start like making a living as an artist or something I had all of these people who were connected to game publishers already and so it was like hey yeah I'm looking for an artist yeah my company is looking for an artist and I just slowly started building up the portfolio and connections that way funny I uh on the side freelance edit as a podcast editor and one of the other podcasts completely unrelated to what but kind of related is is about being freelance like it's like a businessy thing for, for performers and that's the advice they say when you first start freelancing is like, go to your friends go oh, to yeah. your friends go to your family go to your neighbors <laughs> the people that you know they'll work with you and 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 there's this feeling among a lot of creatives when you start that you you need to meet new people that you need to connect with a new industry of folks and you, i can't just talk to the people i went to school with that would be cheating no it's not they want to give you money they want you to draw things for them go 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 to them and, and like and eventually i started working for strangers and people yeah. who weren't part of that like chain of connections but it took many years for many years it was like i could still draw a direct line back through a few removals to the people that i was friends with in the gaming club it might have been like, oh, yeah, so-and-so referred me to this person, and then they referred me to that person, but I, I could still draw that connection for a long time. And can I just also throw in, it's really nice to talk to an artist on Meet the Makers before the Kickstarters come out and not actually part of the stretch goal. It's nice to see that you're in part of the process right at the beginning, because at least what I've seen with Daimos Academy, it's also a very visual game. And Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the visual, so the a big part of the game is um, that it's a coloring book, and and they're paper dolls. And so as, as the artist, a lot of what I was doing was also kind of design work because that's a big part of how you play the game. So I Which had to really make sure fun. that was, yeah. So you're we had to make sure the that assets. you're making the actual like game materials. Exactly. Yeah. That was, was stuff that we had to make sure actually worked even <laughs> fairly early on in play test. We couldn't just be like, Oh, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> It's like, no, this has to actually function or else this game doesn't really function. Austin, where do you fit into Diamos Academy? What is what is your how can we meet you here in this moment? Where I fit in with Deimos is funny. So um, you mentioned before we started recording, maybe we're recording, I don't know. But no, I was just on Twitter one day and this was before I really knew anyone in the space. I was just like tweeting like, I knew I have a friend, Adam Bass, who does World Championship Gaming, and he let me write some quick starts for one of his games because I really wanted to get into games. Uh, it was fun. And then so I was just like tweeting, you know, I was like, oh, I had so much fun time working on Adam's game. I want to work on more games. 
and I think Banana had followed me because we both wrote for that game, and I just didn't realize it because I had joined Twitter to follow people like Banana because I heard about Jiangxi. So I was like, I gotta get on Twitter, I guess. But Banana saw that tweet and DM me like, "Hey, what if we made a game together instead?" And I was like, "Haha, sure." And then we had a meeting that Friday, and we've been meeting every Friday for like two years now. Question mark, Amanda. Over a year, uh, yeah, like a year and a half, maybe. Um, Time is yeah. fluid, <laughs> right? In the in this moment in history. So that's that's how I got to Demos, at least, and frankly, really, how I got into games. I've written for most of my life. I've been writing since seventh grade. That's not what I went to school for. I'm a psychologist, like a therapist by trade. But it's always like writing. I used to write poems. I used to do poetry zines. I used to help put on a zine fest in my area until I got too busy with grad school and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just like to write stuff. So I just so is tabletop role playing not a thing growing like was that just not a hobby that you had until later on or yeah i didn't get into tabletop until after undergrad not without trying i just like was not able to find a space that was really inviting for me to come play at so i like knew about it and i like, knew about dnd and i kept trying to find groups to play with but it either fall through or it'd be like people who like our group's full or which is fine like i run games now i'm like I only run for X amount of people. Like if I have X amount of people, sorry, I can't love to run a game for you. I cannot run for more than four people. But yeah, I didn't start playing until like six or seven years ago. Um, So I was like well out of undergrad. It was like two years after I finished my undergrad and I was like in grad school. I'd love to know what your perspective on like, what is it about for me? Like, tabletop is something i've been doing since high school so there's Mm -hmm. also like this nostalgic pull to it of like it's just what i've done Mm -hmm. for someone who found it like post-grad and and it it sounded like it was something that was of interest to you long before that what is it about tabletop role-playing that draws you to the table i really enjoy the aspect of exploring worlds and parts of myself that I never could in any other capacity. I always say it's interesting being a like someone trained in psychology and a humanistic approach and coming in the games because sometimes I'm like, I don't think people get what games can do. Um because I've seen what they can do like when I, I use games like when I in my therapy practice. So I don't know I just always come to a game thinking like what would be fun for me to get to explore. Because no matter what kind of character I make, it still comes from me. So it's going to be doing something. So it's just fun. And it's fun. It's also fun to play make-believe with structure. That's all it is, structured make-believe, because just playing make-believe as an adult is hard. But if I play make-believe and I have these math rocks, now I'm not <laughs> playing make-believe. I'm playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> you have this you have this distance that you can put between yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So Amanda's working on the art for Dimos Academy. And what is yeah. what Austin, what are you um what what what's what's your role in there? Are you just like game designer or are you writing? Yeah. Are you uh, yeah. yeah, I believe uh the way it is, is Amanda's lead artist and art director, and then me and Banana are lead designers. Co yeah. co-lead designer. That's the word. So what was it about Dimos Academy? Who came up with the with the concept that 
that that then spun it into this game that's going to be and and then also i guess let's it's finally time we should talk about what is Dimos academy i think the origin story starts with man and banana it started before me yeah. well then amanda yeah. let's let's move back to you yes what is Dimos academy how did it come to be and why did you say yes to this <laughs> so uh banana was the one who originally had the idea and it was something that they had kind of just one of those like i have this in a notebook i'm gonna pick away at it and like does banana when i met banana at breakout con it seemed like banana has like a hundred ideas and they yes, can only ever absolutely. actually act on like three of them at any one time like <laughs> right I got, I got this road trip idea i've got this restaurant <laughs> idea i've got this boarding school idea and, da, 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 and they're just cons this would be great this would be great, but I, I can only actually do one right now precisely yeah <laughs> okay that's, all right that, that's how it is uh yeah, so so there's always like I I don't know she's always got dozens of games going on at any time and probably hundreds more in their brain. So initially the pitch was it was based on uh, the nutshell studies, which were a series of like dioramas of crime scenes, and it was something that Banana always found very fascinating. And so her idea was to take that and kind of build off of that idea and make something like a something involving like a dollhouse and paper dolls and it's a horror game and you're exploring like bad things that have happened in spaces. And we tossed this idea back and forth. That's the one that they came to me with. And I was like, yes, that's amazing. Like that sounds great. And I love doing horror. And most of the time I don't get to a lot of times I'm doing a lot of fantasy work because that's basically the dominant genre in the RPG space. And so I was very excited to do that. But then we quickly started being like, okay, well, this whole like dollhouse, like how much paper crafting are you realistically going to ask the average person to do? And so it went through a few different like batting ideas back and forth and getting the getting it down to something more manageable. And ultimately we landed on the idea of it being a coloring book with paper dolls that are like really easy, just little tent folds to cut out and go. And we still kind of, um, this was like right after, I want to say it was like right after Yangshi wrapped on kickstarter is shortly around that time when banana contacted austin and we had still just kind of because because that was young she was such a big project and she was trying to finish that up and we had kind of just backburnered this project for that time but then pretty much as soon as that kickstarter was done and then they contacted austin and then it was like okay now we have meetings and we have a schedule and now we are actually rolling <laughs> it's just like peeling out to the highway and you're going right full speed. exactly but it was just like all right nope this is really happening we're gonna start having these meetings and a production schedule and we're play testing and this is this is gonna happen now and so austin you're brought into this what was the introduction to Dimos Academy that got your attention to say yes to a project like this? The thing that got my attention is so me and Banana, I met Banana I think once or twice before Banana was like, I should, I should make sure Amanda's free still because Amanda's going to be the artist. And I was like, I mean, that's probably good. But we met once or twice and we were talking about because she wanted to switch from like the like what Amanda was saying from like the studies to a school setting because Banana went to a boarding school and I went to a private school. Um, and we were just talking about like how interesting and similar those situations were. And originally what drew me in is it seemed like a cool way to explore what you can. So like it gets to a mechanical thing, 
the game went through so many changes and I think like three different names before we landed on the name we have. But a thing I really like is like, it looks at what's something essentially like what's something the school is giving you and what's something the school is like taken away from you kind of situation. And so I enjoy that idea of like the structurally, right? Like these institutions can harm and in some way help depending on what they give you. And so I found that interesting as a, like a thing people could be exploring. Like, uh, so that's initially what got me in was like, it was a way to do that. I had a few ideas that made it a little too clunky. So you can put them in, but it was, it seemed like a good place to explore being a designer for the first time. I was excited to work with Amanda and banana. Cause they're both much more experienced than I am doing work in this field. And I was still, pretty i mean i'm still pretty new especially compared to them uh but i was just excited to be doing work frankly yeah it sounds like for both you austin and for amanda that this project both allowed you to flex muscles in ways that you weren't able to on other things like like Mm. amanda you're mentioning like you got a chance to get into this like horror gothic-ish horror setting and mm-hmm. and austin you got to try with like throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what stuck and and working with building mechanics for a game and 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 not just um not just like writing uh uh for scenarios and and uh and, and doing that kind of editing work so <laughs> we've been <laughs> It's I'm I'm just following my 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 interest here, but I realize like uh, we do need to actually describe what Dymos Academy is. Describe the game. What, what is yeah. this game? So Dymos Academy, the game. <laughs> as I as it's been told to me, is you're um, returning to the boarding school that you grew up in years later, and then the rest of it is using a coloring book and paper dolls to help tell that story and and exploring that narrative. Is there a GM in Dimos Academy or what is the gameplay like? What is Dimos Academy? What is this game that that I'm going to be backing in March? Sure. So it is GMless. There is not a GM for this game. And it's very uh you get to be it's GMless because it's also like there's not really a scenario so much. The way that the gameplay works is that you show up to this school for your school reunion or possibly another scenario, depending on we have like a bunch of stretch goals where we're going to have other scenario writers come in and stuff. So there might be slightly different setups, but the basic gameplay is you're wandering around your old school, going room to room, which are the coloring book pages that you're interacting with and basically finding different objects and kind of exploring the old school and trying to uncover memories of your time there. And so when you interact with the different objects, depending on how you roll, you get to draw memory cards. And the memory cards are actually generated by the players during the setup part of the game at the oh, beginning. Cool. A so little bit are- like the threat cards in uh, Our Last Best Hope, uh, where you write down the things that might confront you during your mission. Right. And they're all, um, you know, everyone in the game writes them, but you don't necessarily draw your own. So that's kind of part of what's fun about it too, is that the idea is that these are repressed memories that you are recalling and you don't necessarily know what it is that you're going to be recalling. So that's, that, that's what's kind of cool about it. So you, you wander through the, you wander through and you're getting these memories and you're also encountering fears and remembering terrible things that happened as well. Is there guidance to what sort of memories you want to be writing down or is it just open to write 
whatever comes to mind. Yeah. So we have like one good memory, one bad memory, and one scary memory is the prompt for each player. So it's not all just going to be childhood trauma, just no, <laughs> there's, the surface stuff, the whole there's story. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff too. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then toward the end, you try, you have to try to escape the school and get back out to the rest of the world. And you have to confront the fears that you have discovered throughout yeah. going through the school. It's got like vibes of like a haunted house or even like mm-hmm. Bluebeard's Bride to a way of exploring the rooms one at a time and then taking something from that room. Right. Yeah. It's got to the next scene. Yeah. It's got a lot of similarities to that kind of style of of story. So, Austin, your turn. What's uh, what is Daimos Academy? You're you're these you're you're going to this reunion to this school and you're exploring it. Um, What is it like to uh, play this game, to, to sit around this table and write these memories? I think it is. Very fun. I don't think I. Mm. It's not as heavy as it might sound like when you're telling it to someone on a convention floor. I don't know. I think it's been. It sounds like it really will reflect the, the people you're playing with. Yeah, I think it reflects yeah. the people you're playing with for sure. I know every time I've played, I've enjoyed it. I'm not a big horror person, so people have been a little surprised when I tell them that I'm working on a horror game because I am like. I will watch a trailer for a horror movie if it is 6 a.m. and the sun is bright and shining. And then afterwards, I can watch cartoons for 10 hours. So what what makes Daimos Academy horror? Because right now it just sounds creepy <laughs> or or has these elements of like exploring these rooms and writing these memories. But what what then pushes it into the horror? Genre? Is there a supernatural thing going on here at the school? Yes. So each character has a supernatural power uh, that interacts with the game in a certain way. And the school is like, I so I did design work and I also did some lore stuff for the school that people can use or not when they're like doing this shameless game, right? And the school is meant to be like Eldritch level, something's going on. Oh. Like some, Like the school is like, you can play your game like the school's alive. I think we've played a game where like there's something like that. There's like a secret principal who runs the school, right? That's like some kind of yeah. Eldridge or it's like a thing. Eternal Darkness on the GameCube where it's like the house is built upon a, a castle built upon exactly. a ruin, built upon a an old right, Neolithic yeah. site, and it's just there's, exactly. there's this ancient energy here exactly so it's meant to be something like that i mean obviously people can play it however they want but it's meant to be like horror creepy like i think some of the um we have a table of pre-generated memories if you can't think of some sure. and some of them are like every night at bed you heard like scratching underneath the bed but there's never anything there or like what is it you would see out the corner of your eye in kim class and stuff like that so it's definitely trying to push people towards like not just creepy, like like horror. Do the kids have, or the players, do they have their powers because of the school, or are they at the school because of their powers? <laughs> oh, there's a big shrug. It's like, you got to right. play and perfect, find out. Perfect for this audio medium. <laughs> you, would, you would think I'd be better. I would podcast every week, but I, I do this to my co-host too. Uh, yeah, it's... Demos Academy, the uh, slogan we gave it 
is the in fiction the school's slogan is is excellency always and so the way i kind of interpret it is kind of like did your parents decide to send you here because it's like the best school did the school make your parents send you here like why why did you end up at the school and that's like it's i think that's all exciting interesting stuff to think about when making your character because again you're coming you already went you already yeah. went to school and graduated yeah. this and is now past you're, tense for you yeah now you're coming back um and i also think it's funny to think about what would make you want to come back like any ttrpg right like you you make a character that's gonna play at the table or else you make another character you're not playing so is the school still in operation or is it could it be a case where you're showing up to uh like this derelict building that's been abandoned it is for a while it is up to the players when you start playing we have a like kind of like a mad lib at the start that's like a letter from the school that you and all the other players fill in together that's like the letter you all got inviting you back to the school and so sometimes we've played games doing play tests or for streams and stuff where it's like the school closed 20 years ago how are they inviting us back yeah, because I've got like two two images in my head right now of like mm-hmm. American Horror Story Asylum, where this building is like, but in the present day is not in operation anymore. But there's all these things that are still happening there. But then also like there's a scene in The Queen's Gambit where she grew up in a, in a boarding school and she returns to that school as an adult and she's seeing these other girls now, and history is just it, it's just it's still going on there and nothing really has changed. And uh, uh, those are both kind of very powerful images. Yeah, and so it's definitely meant to be up to the players on like if you if you think it's a school that's like been closed, if you think it's a school that's still in operation, that's like up to players for the story they want to tell. But when the party, like when the players are there, there's no one else there. And yes. that is part of the scenario is that you are you arrive to the school for the for this reunion but there's no one else there the gate locks and you're trying to figure out why you're there and to get out is like the oh so you are trapped starts, <laughs> <Yes>. right okay <laughs> start you're yeah. trying to escape okay all right yeah, yeah you're, you're trapped kind of maybe is it, is it a vibe. supernatural vibe is it scooby-doo or it's just the old groundskeeper just locked the door and he's running around with rubber masks <laughs> yeah it's definitely meant to be like scary like i think you also you get there on your cell phone like your phone doesn't mm-hmm. work if if you're playing in an era that has phones, because you can set, right, you can be like in the 1960s if you want or whatever, but we, like you get there and I think one of the quick start things, like you get, one of the characters gets there and like your phone dies, like you, you take your phone out and your phone is dead. You, you mentioned you've also done like lots of play testing over the last while. What has it been like to see people uh, interacting with this game and, and what, what sort of experiences have you seen kind of emerge out of it? What, what, what is, what has Dimos Academy kind of become when other people have been able to get their, their fingers into it? And, and I guess also how does the coloring book and the paper dolls play into the actual play of the game? Right. So the coloring books, uh, the coloring book pages are the individual rooms that you explore. So each one is basically like a map and you color in or write it and or write in or sketch in the different like parts of the different memories, things that you have interacted with and the fear that you discover of like something terrifying that you remember while you're in the school gear. 
So you would draw like something scratching under the bed when that memory is brought up. Right, exactly. And you don't have to draw. You can just write a description or you can scribble something in or anything like that. But you just put red under the bed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So so you get to actually mark up the rooms that you go through as you go through them in order to construct the story that you're telling. The paper dolls that you are your little like player avatars. So those move around room to room and you use them to like stake out which part of the room you're going to be interacting with when you enter each one. The paper dolls, you can also like color them in and customize them when you first start. There's nine different characters currently. We might end up doing more depending on how the campaign goes. Um, There's currently nine different characters and you can draw all over them and color all over them to customize them however you want. But then also as the game progresses, if you're doing poorly question mark because you could also be like playing to lose if that's the thing that you want to do but if you're doing poorly mechanically then basically the school is kind of reclaiming you and you're kind of becoming one with whatever evil thing is going on behind the scenes here part of the ship part of the crew (laughs) right and so if you fail certain roles then there are actually paper doll clothing pieces of your old school uniform that your character starts to wear that you actually oh, like wow. put on your little paper doll. Like all of a sudden, oh, I'm wearing my old school uniform. You, like glue them on with a little glue stick. Uh, no, they just have like little oh, tabs so you can just in. like <laughs> fold it on to them. Yeah, that was a fun design challenge of like making that function. <laughs> But yeah, so you basically all of a sudden your your character is just like, oh, I'm wearing my old school uniform blazer. Like, what's going on here? That's not weird at all. And you can only do that so many times before you have lost basically as the character and you become yeah. on the side. Your of, identity has been uh, uh, yes. consumed by, right. by the school. Your, your identity has become consumed by the school and now you're playing in the final confrontation. You're playing on the side of the school oh, to try so to become defeat the antagonist. everyone else. You, right. you almost take on that antagonistic GM role right. in the final moment. Interesting. Yep. Is it possible that there would be like only just like one player remaining up against four remaining people who have now turned into... Oh yeah, you yeah. could all lose. <laughs> that, that so it totally is possible happen. just you don't leave. You don't get out <laughs> right. of it. You don't one of the endings is no one gets out, some of them get out, or you all get out. Yeah, it would that would uh mathematically that would involve some really terrible luck, but it's possible. <laughs> Austin, um, have you ha- you've had a chance to play with, with other people as you've been playtesting or or at least observe? What has it been like to see this um this world be interacted with by people outside the design team (laughs) when they get to actually sit down and play it right it's been pretty fun i haven't i think i'm the only designer i haven't had a time chance to play test in person with people yet but i play tested a few times online and we did one play test online like live for folks and i don't know it's it, it just feels cool to see people play a thing i made honestly is mostly what i feel it's also interesting to see like you put the game out and it has a vibe and you hope that like people are into the vibe and want to do that. I obviously can't stop people if they want to hack this and make it like care. The Care Bear Cousins returning to cares a lot. You could totally do that. It, it's a choice. 
You could also hack it to being you saying it could do it in the sixties. You could also do it as Starfleet Academy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. You wanted to really go that way and have that weird uh, uh, horror episode that they do once a year on Star Trek. <laughs> but it is fun to see people lean into the horror aspect and like try to make it as yeah. creepy as they can. Because before this, I wasn't really into GM GM list games. But it's it's made me a convert. Yeah, as uh, even as a horror, this t- does sound like a game that really lends itself to creepypasta and really lets you put yourself into that like uncomfortable shoes of something just outside the corner of your eye. Mm-hmm. Amanda, what, what what is has there been any surprises in the playtesting of the way people interacted with with Diamonds Academy that you might not have anticipated when you were designing? So the only really big surprise, thankfully, like the thing that the thing that we wanted to have happen was that we designed a game and we played it one way. And then when we gave it to strangers, they played it the same way. Phew, okay. We we succeeded. You did it. We made a game that actually functioned. Yay. You made a car and it does drive in the direction you thought it would. <laughs> that was the goal. Uh, the one thing that was really surprising, though, is because we had done all of our playtesting. It's a very physical product, but we had done all of our playtesting digitally, like online. And using like Google Slides and stuff yeah. because I, because we live in three different states <laughs> yeah. and also the world is full of plague. And so we hadn't ever actually gotten to play it in person, but that was one of the things I really wanted to make sure that I got to do and supervise because I'm like, I want to make sure these assets work. And so I printed stuff off and like printed off a playtest packet and brought it to some friends and had them play the game. And that all worked really well, which was really good. But then the thing that was the most surprising is that one of the things that, or rather, I just hadn't expected it, and it turned out to be really great, was that one of the things that can happen when you draw a memory card, like when you interact with something and try to recall a memory, is depending on your role, one of the things you can do is decide, like read it, and decide that you don't want to remember it and destroy the card. (laughs) Like you rip the card up. Nope. And the first time that that happened, that someone made that role, and I was like, okay, now you can read the memory and you can decide whether you want to keep it or whether you want to destroy it. And they're like, what do you mean destroy it? I'm like, you rip the, the card up. They're like, I, I rip up the card? Like, <laughs> yeah, you like tear it into pieces. This feels so wrong. <laughs> like, they had such a visceral reaction to destroying a game component and i was like that's amazing i had not expected that because that was not something we had ever encountered but that was that was a lot of fun (laughs) and i guess also the the meta quality of i also get to just destroy this world building thing that has been brought in and and Uh, i get to i get to censor it and edit it and remove it but not just you know in a way, like, yeah, it'd be the safety tools. You can throw it on an X card and you can veto something, but to actually be able to then take it up and tear it to pieces mm-hmm. um, has a, that's part of the story now <laughs> yeah. as well. Like, it's not just that you uh, have objected to this content, you don't want it in, but to uh, actually, no, I'm, I'm removing the, the memory, but also that's part of the story is I'm removing yeah. the memory as well. Um, it does sound like that this would be a game where something like Lines and Veils would be very helpful <laughs> in advance of what sort of memories do we wish to have and not have uh, going into our table. But it does also, it, it sounds like it's also a one shot. This is a, you you get in and you either get out of the school by the end of your gaming session or you don't. And then the next time you're visiting a new encounter, you're both all nodding your head. So that's great. Yes. I'm, I, yes. I, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting it correctly. <laughs> Wonderful. Where uh, should we continue to follow 
both of you and the project to make sure that we are up to date on all things Dimos Academy? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sailor Scott Austin at Sailor SCT Austin. And we don't have like a Twitter or anything for Deimos. You can follow Game and a Curry. They're, they're the publisher. So they'll be tweeting about it. Um, I'm sure each one of us will be tweeting about it. Sometimes I remember to use the hashtag Deimos Academy. That hashtag is also full of stuff from like Doctor Who fandom. Didn't know that. <laughs> oh, uh, is it? Oops. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> But you can follow the Kickstarter and that'll have everything. Right. Yeah. The Kickstarter already has a landing page where you can follow the project. So yep. if, whenever this goes up, that that is already available. You can go to it right yep. now. If, even if at the time it's not up, uh, I, I've done it. You can click follow and it'll notify you when the Kickstarter goes live. So exactly. You're, you're all aware of it. But And Amanda, where should we follow? Do, is there a place where we can follow you and stay up to date? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter as well at Age of Night. That's A-G-E-O-F-N-I-G-H-T. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Amanda Call Art. And of, for, you, know, you have to go back and hit it, repeat and write that down. It's all in the show notes and you can just click <laughs> okay, the link. Good. It's all good. It's all, it's all good. Uh, lastly, before I leave you, we've been listening for the last you know, 40 minutes about, uh, about this game, about the setting, about its creation, about what hooked you in. Why should our dear listener, why should we listen? Why should we, why, what, what, what would be the reasons to, Go to Dimos Academy. Why do we want to play this? What what is the what's the hook? What's the pitch to uh, especially if I get this and I got to convince my players like no we're not playing the game you thought we're playing tonight we're playing Dimos Academy and this is why 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 is the why what would be your why why would you want to be playing Dimos Academy I would want to be playing Dimos Academy because I want to create an interesting and scary story with my friends um, no matter what time of year it is and it's a way to share the storytelling uh, mantle as it were at the table that uh, other games necessarily don't give you because you all get to make this scary story together Amanda I like that answer a lot Uh, I'll add to it but yeah you should play this game because it is really fun to do a collaborative creepy story with your friends, but it's also a really cool experience as far as trying to storytelling experience. And that specifically you're talking about trying to recall and respond to trauma and how that informs interpersonal relationships. So that's a really neat exercise. Even if it's not something you have to deal with personally, it's kind of neat to put yourself in that position and think about what that might be like. Yeah, and to it sounds like to explore a school like this with your with your friends and, and the other players at the table, that it does sound like you have an opportunity to experience this this setting through their experiences as well by by these memories and by sharing. It sounds very wonderful and very collaborative. I'm very excited to see where this project goes and and to see how it develops. So thank you so much for spending your time here with me today and uh, best of luck we'll be in touch again in the future uh, post game when we maybe have a chance to play it and and let you know how that goes Uh, I'd love to have you back Austin to talk about 
your work with using gaming if you ever wanted to come uh, talk about that and i'd love to have you back sure. amanda about art and gaming and assets and and the unique challenges with being a, a freelancer in, in in this kind of world yeah for sure uh but for that i, I i'm uh, i'm done uh you you are free to to head out here <laughs> and uh good luck uh, and best wishes with the project thanks for having us uh, and i am very pumped to see where it goes yes thank you so much for having us on thank you Thanks again, Austin Taylor and Amanda Call for joining me at the table, and to Banana Chan, of course, for connecting us all in the first place. Dimos Academy is coming soon, any day now, to Kickstarter. And if you check our show notes or visit the post of this episode at TerribleWarriors.com, you will find a link to their Kickstarter pre-launch page where you will be notified the moment their crowdfunding campaign begins. Of course, The Terrible Warriors is made possible by listeners like you who have decided to support us through Patreon at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. Every month, I host a privately curated game for our supporters, and there's still time for you to sign up. You can find out more by visiting our page at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. If Patreon isn't your jam because you like listening to podcasts for free, that's great. Word of mouth is how shows like ours grow and are listened to by anybody. So follow us on Twitter at Dice Warriors and consider popping into our Discord channel and letting me know directly what you want me to keep doing here so that you would want to keep listening and to tell your friends about us. To learn more about Dimos Academy, you can visit the Kickstarter link, but you can also visit gameinacurry.com. Be sure to follow Amanda Call on Twitter at Age of Night. That's night with an N as in nightfall. And also follow Austin Taylor at Sailor SCT Austin as in Sailor Scout Austin. Next week on The Terrible Warriors, we start our next long form actual play. We've got 15 episodes in the can ready to go. Mitch Wallace returns, but this time as our GM to guide myself as a player along with Ainsley Moore and Kimberly Dewing through our first ever game of Cult Divinity Lost. This is our darkest, most horrific game we have ever recorded on the podcast. The nervous laughter is real. So join us next week and give us all a hug as we settle in to share with you the most visceral game I have ever played in my life. For now... I'm Justin Eacock, the host and editor of this show. Our theme music is by Epic Game Music. And until we meet again here at our table in the dark depths of tabletop horror, be good to each other. <laughs>